Welcome to the Faith and Mental Health Podcast, where two worlds collide. I am your host, DeAndrea Bolden. Join myself and others as we have relevant, engaging conversation on a variety of topics that are related to faith and mental health. So be sure to tune in weekly and also to subscribe. Did you know that you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast platforms such as Apple, Google, and even Stitcher? You can even catch this podcast on my YouTube channel. As a listener, please know that we want to hear from you and we hope that you will reach out with feedback, suggestions, and even ideas for guests and topics that you would like for us to include. Oh, do you mind helping me out by simply sharing this podcast with others? Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. God bless. Hello, everyone. My name is DeAndrea Bolden, and I'm the host of the Faith and Mental Health Podcast. Today, I have a very interesting guest with me today, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to give her a moment to introduce herself. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, and I'm so happy to be here. My name is Molly LaCroix, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And um, about a year ago, launched a book that um, integrates uh, Christian spirituality with a um, psychotherapy model that I use in my work. Um, I specialize pretty much from the beginning of my uh, life as a therapist, which I came to in midlife. Um, This is not my first career, Uh, but I was trained at a seminary. And so we were always taught to integrate um, Bible, theology, um, scripture with these secular models of psychotherapy. And my early interest was in treating the impact of trauma and adverse, what I have come to call adversity, um, because a lot of people don't identify their experience as traumatic, you know, but as humans living in a fallen world, we've experienced adversity. That's right. And um, yeah, so that's my, my primary clinical interest and uh, part of what I wanted to bring to the faith community in my book. Wow. I, I really like, I was, when you were listening, I was, uh, when it comes to like integrative care and stuff like that, I know that for some, that's still a new thing. And so mm-hmm. I love that you were saying when you were at seminary that they were like, Hey, we we're, we're pro integration. You know, we mm-hmm. want to use an integrative model. We want to make sure that we inter- intertwine our spirituality with our, uh, you know, psychotherapy, our approach, our techniques. And so I really, really love that. And I I applaud them for that. And so, but one thing that stuck out before we get to the book uh, was your interest in trauma because trauma has become like the buzzword right now. It's sometimes even to the point, it's such a buzzword. Sometimes I cringe because I think some people use it as a marketing tool or marketing ploy. And I know that's definitely not the case uh, with you. And so mm-hmm. this is what you do. This is, this is who you are. You know, this is what um, you do for a living. And so, but some people out there, you know, it, it, it's, you know, kind of like Christian counseling. Christian counseling is another thing that, that uh, those two words together have become a marketing tool. Some mm-hmm. of these Christian mm-hmm. counselors actually aren't Christians. And so, um, I think it's, I think it's important 
you know, the topic of trauma. And so I really applaud you, you know, for taking an interest in that, you know, probably before it was a buzzword, probably before it was like the, the hit thing. And so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, in fact, the program I was in, in grad school didn't teach us anything about trauma. Wow. And um, my interest began when I was in practicum. So that for, for your listeners, that's the phase of your graduate program where you're still in school, but you start seeing clients. Yeah. And my practicum site was at a hospice. And um, one of the clients that was assigned to me, um, her, her trauma history is still the most complex I've ever worked with. Wow. And here I am. <laughs> you know, three months into my year long practicum, still a grad student, and I'm, I'm confronted with this very complex case. And so it just motivated me to learn everything I possibly could about trauma. And um, for for any of your listeners who are Enneagram fans, I'm a I'm an Enneagram one. And so for me, when I learn something, I want to teach it to other people. So, so I started learning about trauma and I was teaching other, other interns at my practicum site. And because, and I think where it dovetails with our spirituality is that, you know, truly our, our life of faith is a life of about transformation. Yeah. You know, so, so this, there's a moment of conversion, but then there's a process of sanctification. Oh yeah. And, that, yeah. You know, and topic trans- with itself, Molly. <laughs> that's right. So this, this is where it dovetails though, because transformation requires the deep work. That's right. And, and when we go in and we do the deep work, we encounter these burdens in our system, in our inner life that are the legacy of trauma, you know, and, and it can take so many forms, you know, so. That's really good. Thank you for sharing that. And I love how you, you know, talked about the process is like, yeah, salvation, you know, there's that moment where we accept Christ and, and, and by grace through faith, we receive salvation in Jesus Christ. But that process, that journey, but I don't want to dwell on that. But yeah, you that sanctification, you don't even hardly hear that anymore. You got me excited, Molly. But I want to talk about your book. Let's talk about your book. I want to know what the title is. And I want to know what prompted you to, well, let me back up. Let's get to the title. Then let's get to more of the meat of what the book is about. So I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away. All righty. So the book is titled Restoring Relationship Singular. There's a reason there's no S on there. Mm -hmm. Restoring Relationship, Transforming Fear into Love Through Connection. And so the book is, I start with looking at, you know, what I think is really the heart of God, which is, you know, God is love. And, and Jesus you know, came and, and showed us, you know, the highest and best way to love. And, um, and then we, we sometimes, especially when we're hurting, we go into our faith community for help. Mm-hmm. And in the first part of that book, I sort of take the church to task for the fact that I kept seeing hurting people not being helped. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, and I don't think it's because people aren't Mm well-intentioned, but I think people just don't know the best way to help people. True. And so, so the first part of the book looks at what I call problematic reactions to distress. And I use the term reaction because a response is more thoughtful. A reaction is more 
like fear-based. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this person's seeking my help and I don't really know what to do. So I'll do this, <laughs> you know? And so some, those problematic, I examine those. I look at these, everything in my book is through stories. And so stories of, you know, in the first part of the book, someone who's judged for the struggle they're going through. Um, the second chapter looks at, at more of like a legalistic rules-based response yeah. to struggle. Like if you just follow the rules, you won't have any problems. Mm -hmm. um, in the third chapter, um, I look at something I think is super common. We all do it, which is advice giving. Um, and, you know, sort of just do this or, you know, like we tell the person who's struggling with substance abuse, well, just stop using. <laughs> well, it's not that easy. Um, and then in the fourth part of chapter, I look at an, what I think is an over-reliance on beliefs. So like in the church, especially a lot of the churches that I've been in, and this is kind of a reflection of parts of my system that they love to learn and know things. Mm -hmm. But if we stay in this kind of belief space and thought space, we miss out on the emotional aspect of life. And so when we tell people, well, you, you know, you're anxious because you're not believing the right things, you know, again, yeah. it's not helpful to people and it can really fundamentally all these problematic approaches send us into shame. Like we just figure, well, there's something wrong with me and I can't be fixed. Right. And um, so I look at all these things in the first part of the book and then I transition um, to the second part of the book by taking a look at the fact that all of these reactions are based in fear and it's fear of vulnerability. You know, when we're hurting, we're vulnerable. And when some hurting person comes to us, it starts to trigger my own vulnerability. Yeah. And so I look at how Jesus' whole life redeems vulnerability you know, because everything about his life was vulnerable from his conception, his birth, all through to the ultimate vulnerability on the cross. And so if Jesus' life re redeems vulnerability, I feel like as people of faith, we have to learn how can we connect with vulnerability in a loving way, instead of a fear-based way. Mm -hmm. So now <laughs> I'm going to go on, you know, so the talking about my book takes a while. I hope that's okay. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. So the second part of the book, I felt like it would be helpful for people to understand like why humans are so vulnerable. And this is where I do a little teaching about the impact of trauma. I do some teaching about like attachment and those early attachment experiences, because I find that there are a lot of people who still say like, just get over it. What, you know, yep. don't dwell in the past, just get over it. But when we understand that the past or these early experiences really shape our brain yeah. and how we make meaning of things the rest of our life, I feel like it opens more compassion and more grace for people in their struggles. Very and that's a big part of what I'm hoping to do is like open that natural loving compassion that we have because we're created in God's image. And so, so that's my goal with the second part of the book is to, to kind of help people understand human, human functioning better. Mm -hmm. And then finally, in the third part of the book, I introduced this model that I use in my work that's called internal family systems. And it is one of the evidence-based um, psychotherapy models that's out in the world that you can learn in grad school. <laughs> um, I learned a bunch of other models and approaches um, before I came to IFS. Um, but when I came to IFS, having already spent about 10 years working with clients, mm -hmm. 
I just thought, wow, this is what I see in my office day in and day out. This model really explains what I see and dovetails really beautifully with Christian spirituality. That's good. And um, so, I, I mean, we definitely don't have time for me to do the full... <laughs> I do it in the book. I do a full integration of the model with Christian spirituality, because I think a lot of times for people in our faith communities, you know, there can be a stumbling block of can I really can I really trust something secular, you know, true. Um, and just because the research says it actually helps people heal well, but still, is it really congruent with my faith? Is it congruent with biblical truth? Mm -hmm. And so I, I do that work in the book of saying, yes, it is. <laughs> And, and having this different understanding of ourselves um, really helps us both get connected with the resources that we possess because we're created in God's image. And we understand that these resources are there, but they get blocked. They get blocked because we have these experiences of adversity and we have to survive them, Yeah, you know, and of course, there's there's the the really awful experiences of you know early abuse and and neglect and trauma, but there are also the really common experiences of just being shamed for, you know, not being a good enough student, or mm -hmm. having a coach shame you because you're not a good enough athlete, or like who hasn't had those experiences? Right. And and so those kinds of things kind of get lodged in us, and they block those resources that we have again things like compassion curiosity even the things that we need in order to be able to connect with each other and so the third part of the book really helps people understand themselves in this new way and i have exercises so people can apply the things i'm teaching and then because my whole hope with this is to help people respond in more loving ways when they encounter people in their lives, whether in their faith communities or elsewhere who are struggling, I take um, a look at really common examples of the things that cause us to struggle. So loss, betrayal, yeah, and betrayal is a big category because that can be things like adultery and yeah. abuse, but it can also be racism. You know, there are a lot of kinds of betrayal. True. Um, and then I look at addiction That's and finally, our emotional response to physical and mental illness. So I take this new way of understanding ourselves and I apply it, help people say, well, what happens inside me when I'm confronted with somebody, when I'm confronted with loss, whether it's loss in my own life, loss in someone else's life, what happens if I'm confronted by betrayal or addiction or, um, or a kind of illness, whether physical or mental? This sounds so, like a really good resource for um, believers. And so I'm just wondering, like, who, who is your intended audience? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, I've learned a lot since I launched this book. I mm -hmm. kind of wrote this book because I really felt like God inspired me and said, write this book. Awesome. So I just started writing the book. And then along the way, I've learned all these things about being an author. So like, you're supposed to know your reader before you ever write the book. And I've grappled with that because I truly believe, and I've had other people actually tell me this. Like, I feel like anybody who's interested in the deeper, the deeper stuff, like okay. transformation, um, people who want the deeper healing, healing that lasts, that isn't just kind of a quick fix, you know, anyone who's interested in that can definitely benefit and resonate with this book. 
And I, I still believe as kind of a secondary audience that leaders in the church, you know, pastors, my suggestion, pastors, clergy, pastors, other like lay people like deacons. I did a, um, when I was writing the book, I did kind of a pilot program in my own church with some of the pastors and deacons and just other people involved in lay ministry to see like, how will they resonate with this? You know, because I was used to doing it with clients, but it's different when you're taking these, you know, outside the therapy room. And so, and I was really pleased that they really resonated with it. It made sense to them. And they really felt like even people who started out pretty guarded at the end of six weeks, thank goodness, we were able to finish right before the pandemic shut everything down. Wow. Um, okay. They really, you know, saw that when we understand ourselves in a different way, we can extend compassion to ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, so I know, you know, we don't have time to get into the whole model that I use, but very briefly, it really helps us understand that there are different parts of ourselves. Mm. You know, so we're used to personality typologies, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs or Strengths Finders or whatever your favorite one is. They all identify that there are different facets to, to who we are as people. And this model really takes that at, and, a, and personalizes it at kind of a deeper level and talks about the fact that we have an inner family. And when we can connect with these family members from, a pl- from kind of our center, mm-hmm. where I talk about leading the family from a place where we're in harmony with the Holy Spirit. So we're, we're in this place that, that can't be, ultimately can't be harmed because we're created in God's image. So the image of God in us is always intact. Mm-hmm. And then we have the spirit and this is, these are the resources from which we can live and lead, you know? So I know that's a lot to, <laughs> to share in a brief period of time. No, no, it's good. It's definitely good. And so I'm wondering, um, you know, with the book, do you, would you think this would be a good tool even for other Christian counselors? I, that I love, yes. And I have had um, in my, you know, network of, of, of colleagues, definitely other Christian counselors have um, used this book. And, uh, you know, I have some who hand it out to clients. I have others who've used it in their churches to lead um, studies, you know, to uh, serve their congregation. Um, So yes, I do think that's another audience, especially for people who haven't necessarily been exposed to internal family systems. Um, it's growing exponentially, um, because it's, it's a really lovely, respectful, collaborative model of care. Um, and, but, you know, there are a lot of models of psychotherapy, a lot of approaches. So not every, you know, we can't be trained in everything. Right. Of course. Of course. And so, yeah. So let people know where they can purchase the book. I'm hoping that someone will listen to this as a the book sounds interesting because it sounds interesting to me. And I'm finally at a place now that I have my free time. Like I told you, I'm not going to say that over the mic. Now that I have more free time um, and I'm not so much in a mode of doing other things, you know, I'm trying to get back reading because I, I am more of the type that reads for information. I do not read for entertainment. So I'm not mm-hmm. like a fiction book reader, like so like a <laughs> fiction book um that's just not something I would read I I read for information for personal development for growth and things like that and so this definitely sounds like a great read so let people know where they can purchase the book 
how they can connect with you, how they can find you, um, whether they want to reach out to you as an author, as a speaker. Um, yeah. For those that didn't know, Molly was a dynamic speaker. She's such a well-polished person and she has such a professional uh, presentation. I just, I, I love even just, you know, her, her appearance as a person. She just, Molly looks very polished. So oh. you're going to love Molly. So yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, it was such an honor to speak at your conference last year. Um, yeah. So the easiest way for people to find out more about me, they can even click a button and buy the book. They can click a button and get a, a free download that can help them kind of begin to understand themselves. Um, and that is at my website, which is mollylacroix.com. Molly is spelled M-O-L-L-Y. My last name, I'm thankful for LaCroix water because... That's how you spell my name. Um, and it's my favorite sparkling water. And now everybody can say my name. And that's spelled L-A-C-R-O-I-X. So mollylacroix.com. And um, on social media, I'm Molly LaCroix L-M-F-T. Uh, so they'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Molly LaCroix L-M-F-T, which stands for Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. Um, yeah, and my book's available on Amazon. So uh, again, you can get it through my website. Uh, it sends you straight to Amazon. <laughs> so perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for taking time out of your schedule to join me and be, be my guest today. And so before we get off of here, was there any other final words or anything you wanted to say before we got off of this podcast? Well, I guess just that, um, I really believe that this way of understanding ourselves helps us be more loving and to really live out the great commandment. And so um, I'm pretty passionate about it. I'm really grateful to have an opportunity to share it with your audience. Awesome. 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 Thank you again for being my guest. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to tune in. And so I believe my next guest that I'm going to be having is Dr. Matthew S. Stanford. Um, he is pretty well known in the, in the mental health community. And so we're going to be discussing his book, Madness and Grace. So make sure you tune in to my next podcast episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. God bless and goodbye.